the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. The Wall Street Business Network presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finances, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800 516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network. Welcome in. Rob Black here. Money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. I try to like, have a good mind on that kind of angle. So thanks. You make the show successful. You may not call the show, but when I give away free tickets, oh boy, do you call the show. I'll have more tickets tomorrow for that Disney on Ice program. Not tickets, uh, vouchers. So, but there's it's all lower seating levels, so it's like you're going to have a good seat. I can guarantee, I'm not going to guarantee that, but I can promise you that every seat that they sell is pretty good. There's no nosebleeds. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. And if you've never seen a Disney production, it's worth going. It's kind of crazy. Um, like, crazy fun. A lot going on. So let's hit some of the headlines out there today. Applications for U.S. unemployment benefits rose slightly last week to a still low 267000 That's consistent with job, solid job growth. Now, again, you could say, well, on one hand, 267,000 people are marching down to the unemployment line. But on the other hand... We create that pretty easily on a monthly basis uh, to replace that. Caterpillar is going to cut up to 10,000 jobs. They've lowered guidance. Uh, they're saying sales and revenues for the year are expected to be about $48 billion, a billion lower than previously thought. We could be going into a revenue recession. Uh, it, it looks highly probable. New home sales rose 5.7% in August, the highest rate since 2008. New U.S. homes sold at an annual rate of 552000 in August. That's the highest level since 2008. That's, on one hand, that's great. On the other hand, how do you go from great to greatest? If your first date with someone is a 10, how do you get better than that? Got to always, got to leave wanting a little bit more. Um, Let's talk a little real estate with Tony Mendez. Joining me now, Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource.com. It's BayAreaLoanSource.com. Tony specializes in mortgage lending. He also has a show here on KDOW, Tuesdays at 6 p.m. That's, again, all about real estate and lending and how to get the loan for the home of your dream. Tony, we have seen a virtual cycle play out 
numerous times, it feels like. Adjustable rate mortgages were popular. Then they became un, then they got to kind of the point where they turned into hybrids where, you know, no document loans. And then we got back to let's kill those off for a while and go to 30 years and 15 years. Uh, real estate prices are down. People go with a 30. Real estate prices are up. They go with the arm. What's an arm? Well, it's an adjustable rate mortgage, and you can it's amortized for 30 years, which means your payments are going to be calculated over a 30-year period based on whatever rate you have at the time. A three-year arm, for example, means you're fixed for three years, and then after the third year, you become an adjustable. And you can adjust quite a bit based on a certain index. That index could be anything from the LIBOR to one of the Treasury uh, um, accounts so or indexes. So it's not meant for everybody because after that fixed period, your payments could go up dramatically. So it's it's a specific product that people use as a tool to keep their payments lower. That's the number one advantage of an ARM, adjustable rate mortgage, is that the rate's going to be about a half a point, sometimes a point lower than what you get on a 30-year fix. The shorter the term ARM or the ARM term, the lower the rate. So let's say you're staying in your house for three years. Right. And get a three-year ARM. Why would you get a 30-year fix at a point higher than, and then a thirty then a three year arm and save you know ten thousand dollars over that period of time so that's why an arm makes sense. Does the property come into play? For instance, can you get an arm on a condo or townhouse? Um, you can, but, but an arm is a riskier product, so you need higher credit scores, you right. need higher equity. Uh, you know, in a lot of cases, you need twenty five percent or more equity to get an arm. Even though lately. Jumbo arms have become more aggressive. You can go up to 80%, but over 80%, you're done unless you get an FHA loan, which are pricey to begin with. It almost kind of negates the benefit of having an arm. And part of the whole cycle, again, is at some point in time, you're going to be able to get up to 103% on all these products because we get to the point where we keep loosening standards, loosening standards, loosening standards. Disaster. Disaster. Tight, and then we tighten tight. standards, and then we loosen them, loosen them, loosen them. This was a pretty tragic event that happened uh, to the housing industry, and, and they've be- since then become overregulated. And it's going to continue getting tougher, but it, it right now I'd say we're about what we were in 99 to 2000 as far as guidelines. And then, you know, you know what, hit the fan and... Lenders started going crazy with the NEGAM loans, loans that would actually increase your balance based on a start rate of like 1%. Those aren't going to come back. So we're going to be a little bit more conservative as far as the type of products available and close some of the doors on on risky products like the the NEGAM. Uh, I guess I just said the same thing over, but it really does emphasize that lenders are scared about selling these products back to the the secondary market, and they're going to continue being over-regulated and over uh, um, criticize your loan scenario. Speaking of Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource.com, how often or how much money do you make? Is it different for an arm versus a 15-year versus a 30-year? It, it, it's not. Okay. Uh, one of the things that did change is the way that lenders and loan officers and brokers are compensated so that they charge the same for each scenario. Um, but in the past, uh, we used to have lenders that co- came to our office and they would promote certain products, not the ones that were the best for the client, but the best for the loan officer to make the most money. That's where we got in the most trouble is loan officers were looking to make the most money and selling the wrong products to the clients. That's gone away. So what else should we know about that cash scenario or about the real, the scenario where you use a lender, you want them to make money, but you don't want them to make too much money? And you don't want them to make nothing because then they're not going to really work for you and get to know you. Right. The first thing you want to do is just make sure that you have the right scenario. Good credit. You want equity in your property. Good income. 
and you don't want to stray off of that path because there are some, you know, you have to use FHA or you have to use a private money loan. You want to stick in the mainstream. That's why I'm worried about this private sector um, funding that Obama's trying to push. It's, it could make it a lot worse for people in higher rates. So you want to first make sure your scenario is correct, and then you want to do some shopping. I like using a broker because brokers use several different lenders that could fit your scenario into their slot, where if you did it on your own and you tried to go to one lender and then another lender, you're running your credit more often, and you may not hit the right lender that has the right scenario. So there are several things that you can do to make sure that you ensure that you end up with the right pricing. Get a good faith estimate. Make sure you shop on the right the same day uh, because rates change quite often, and there's some quite a few other tools that you can use. Thanks very much. You can find Tony Mendez at BayAreaLoanSource.com. It's BayAreaLoanSource.com. Getting to know the right product, getting to know the right lender, I think is critical. You do not want to be in a scenario where you go into a bank and try to get a loan because you're not going to get the product that's right for you. You're going to get the product that they want to push to you. So you're listening to me, Rob Black. That's Tony Mendez, and you can find him at BayAreaLoanSource.com. So today's not a good day on Wall Street, and that's Okay. Today is a good day to buy. Today is a good day to have a list, a shopping list of things that you want. Can we go lower? Absolutely. S&P 500 is down 28. The Dow is down 250. The Nasdaq is down 78. Dow slipping 250 as major averages fall more than 1%. Utilities are holding up the best. We need to have electricity. Utilities hold up because of that. So tonight when it gets, you know, cold in the... It's not that cold. <laughs> Let's say it gets down to the 20s on the East Coast. they got to heat their homes. That's not going to go away. Uh, what may go away is the expensive vacation. So just something to start thinking about. Always have a good shopping list. Applications for U.S. jobless aides tick up to a very still low, 267,000. Caterpillar cutting 100,000, uh, no, no, not 100,000 jobs, but 10,000 jobs, up to 10,000 jobs. Um, it's pretty messy out there. It's pretty sloppy. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. So China's slowing economy could cause a global recession. The world's second largest economy is enough for a reason to you know, make you like say, okay, I, we need to pay attention to this. Um... Monsters underperformed a choppy market since August, down 13% since beginning of August. There's a company called Monster Beverage, and they make big caffeinated drinks. Not frothy ones, caffeinated. Um, so there's an opportunity to get into China for sure. Um, Coca-Cola has bought into the company. 
it's one of those companies that I would have on a shopping list in case the market gets really ugly. And the markets have gotten kind of ugly. And I'm pretty much so okay with that. I never thought much about the psychology of investing early in my career. But I'm in the mid part of my career now. I consider it you know, important now. Um, at, early on in my career, clients were hiring me and my firm because you know, my abilities were, were all that in a bucket of chicken. And then when there was a correction in 2000, 2002, people panicked. People wanted to sell when before they're like, you make me lots of money. You make me lots of money. You make me lots of money. And then the market takes a breather and they're not losing money. It's a paper loss, but it feels like you're losing money. The stock market did recover from the tech wreck. And the valuable lesson that you learn is that there's something called behavioral finance. It doesn't really matter how good our advice is when things are going well, but when things go bad, people panic. Um, a recent study found bad behavior cost investors about 8% last year. So no one would choose the investment strategy of buying high and selling low, yet that's what people do again and again and again and again and again. There was a Nobel Prize winner who once said, we're blind to our blindness. We have very little idea of how little we know. We're not designed to know how little we know. So you have to educate yourself and say, first and foremost, recessions happen. Second, pullbacks happen. Uh, knowing that everything's not always going to be perfect makes everything right in your head. Um, that goes for relationships. That goes for everything. So you have to have kind of a fire drill in your life where you kind of learn like, okay, ding, 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 ding. I need to get out of this building. And here's how I do it. Here's how I do it patiently and smartly. Um, you diversify. So how do you feel if the market goes down 10%, 20%, 20 or 30%? And if you feel really, really rotten at 10%, you need to have a very, very conservative portfolio. If you're okay with 10%, you could start going like 60, 40 stocks. If you're okay with 20%, you could start going like 80, 20. Um, if you're okay with a 30% pullback, I'm pretty good with you. Like at a 90, 10 of stocks versus bonds or stock versus income. So again, it, it differs from person to person. And that's just a very generic statement. Two very specific scenario involving you. Um, I'm okay with the market pullback. What things do I love in the world? Let's say I love cigars and I don't love cigars. But let's say I love cigars. As long as I have my cigars, I can take a market pullback. What do I love? Oh, Paxty's Pizza. Oh, the Matt Cain Pizza. Holy mackerel. They're going to have to rename it because I think Cain's done. He's finished. He's finito. He's done. Or he has to relearn something. I don't know. But you have to have a plan. And again, if if you're nervous and panicky, and like let's say your spouse is like cool like a rock, and you're nervous and panicky, that y'all are different people. Now, if you're and you have to know that, and you're going to fight over money, and you're going to be panicked over money, and you don't want that, you got to get on the same page. Maybe you meet halfway in that type of scenario. That's all I really have to say about psychology. 
Um, have a shopping list. Like right now, you keep hearing about unemployment's pretty good in the United States. And first times unemployment claims are pretty good in the United States. Maybe you'll go with something like a Southwest. You keep hearing about how rotten the global economy is, right? Keep hearing a lot about the Pope. I don't know what the investment towards Pope is, but there has to be one. But Southwest Airlines or United Continental, these are very domestic-based airlines. Not a lot of flights go into emerging markets. If you're worried about the economy in the United States, maybe think of something like a Dollar Tree. Uh, Back to the airlines real quick. Low oil, it's going to help them. Low unemployment, it's going to help them. So I think short-term they've got some, some good space. But this time next year, that could be totally different. Again, Wall Street's a discounting mechanism. It looks six months into the future. It's a little bit more, how shall we say, um, crazy? Um, Just throwing it out there. A little more volatile. What else would I look at? Um... Maybe something like a Wynn Resorts. You know, it's kind of an upper premium part of the consumer discretionary market. The VIP business and the top end of the mass marketing, they have an advantage and they tend to increase that advantage by opening a new Wynn Palace. So, um, again, not for everyone. Maybe you don't like gambling. That's totally fair. Um, CDRE Group. It's a financial company. Pace of wins is picking up, and you have more wins. You have more different kinds of wins. You're seeing wins at the company. They're winning. Winning. Um, So take a look at that stock. Uh, Netflix. Is anything changing about Netflix? Stock market's getting smoked, right? Um, You going to cancel your Netflix? You might cancel your cable, but you're not canceling your Netflix. So I think at $100 a share, it's expensive, but it's also a premium Cadillac. Cadillac, Cadillac. Um, the price to sales ratio is about 7, 6.8. Um, you know, Facebook, I absolutely like. Um, Amazon, I think, is a nice name to accumulate on down days, as long as you're able to do it regularly. You know, you don't buy it once and hope. You accumulate great companies. Uh, Netflix, I said, Google's pretty interesting to me at these levels. Facebook or Google, I'm going Facebook, but I can make a case. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Thanks for supporting the show. We'll take a break here. We'll be right back.
visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking all financial, money investing more. As happens on a regular basis, Chris Siaccia from TheStreet.com, tech editor, joins us on Thursdays. How are you, Mr. Siaccia? Good, Rob. How are you doing today? Doing well. What's, uh, tell us a little bit about your background, and then uh, we'll get into some of the content right after that. Sure. Happy to talk about my background. So before coming to The Street, I was uh, on the buy side for a billion-dollar-and-a-half hedge fund um, out here in New York. They're a mezzanine fund, so they ran a little bit of debt and equity. And then with the restructurings that happened in 2008 and 2009, with the economy kind of going down the tubes, you know, there were a lot of restructurings that happened to the fund. So I was uh, laid off and then eventually wound my way into journalism, you know, a couple of years later, and then ultimately came to the street, uh, you know, almost about four years ago you know, where I've been here and now head up the technology section of the site. I oversee, you know, about eight to 10 people, including some full-timers and some freelancers who contribute for me. So it's been, you know, an interesting transition, but it's not something that I would, uh, you know, change for anything else in the world. So you got a pretty hardcore business background, which obviously brings the analysis of tech stories uh, into a, a clearer picture. Uh, what, are you, what are you working on today? So I just penned something yesterday um, on Netflix. I spoke to some people who were familiar with the company's business uh, plans and ambitions, and they're far grander than anything that they've communicated to the markets and investors. You know, I spoke to some people, and they said that ultimately Netflix wants to be, you know, the largest and most important media company in the world, and that it will entail having, you know, close to half a billion subscribers around the world, which is nearly 10 times what they have now. So they're going to be an international network. Do we have anything like that to kind of make assumptions off of? There really isn't anything like that because, you know, we're sort of still in the early days of Internet TV and how that's really transforming the way people consume content. So there really isn't anything to compare Netflix to in terms of its size and scope and and its ambitions. Of course, there are competitors like HBO and Showtime and Hulu and some of these other services, but none of them are as diverse as Netflix is in the sense that you can get it anywhere in any way except for maybe HBO now, but that's not as big as Netflix is. And if you want to take a look at HBO completely, HBO is twice the size of Netflix's now, but a lot of those subscribers are not on HBO now. So Netflix is kind of like this hybrid morphed media tech company, um, and it's really tough to compare Netflix really to anything because there really isn't anything like it because we're in such you know an early stage of the Internet TV revolution. Personal question, do you think their advantage will be able to be maintained? Because in the end, I like zombie shows right now, so I'm all about AMC. Uh, Netflix obviously has to continue to invest in content. It's some of it original, some of it you know, licensed. The licensing obviously benefits uh, the established players already like a Time Warner. 
um, maybe even an AMC. What do you see the future for Netflix as far as, uh, I guess, the, the tug of war of who's more important, content or, or the, the road, the distributor? I think ultimately content will always win out. Um, people, you know, we've seen a, a shift in how people consume content, you know, whether it's a mobile device sitting on your couch in front of your TV, a laptop, a tablet, what have you, or, what, or whatever comes next. But I think if there's not quality things to watch on there, then it's a nice thing to have, but ultimately content is the thing that wins. So, I mean, Netflix has been pushing into, you know, original content, you know, House of Cards, Orange is the New Black, Narcos. But you're right, it was built on things like The Walking Dead or Breaking Bad or some older shows that, you know, some of these networks were really not getting a lot of money for and they were just sort of sitting on their shelves, and they said, okay, let's sell them and, you know, get a little bit extra money, and we'll sell them to Netflix. And they kind of, you know, it was almost like kind of like a Trojan horse because they built up an enemy, and they did it, you know, by short-term thinking. Um, but Netflix said that they want to spend $5 billion this year in content. They only have about $2 billion in cash on the balance sheet. And assuming that we don't go into a recession or anything, type of, you know, economic contraction, you know, then I think the capital markets will continue to let Netflix invest. But if we do, then I think Netflix is going to be under some severe pressure because they don't have this big cash buffer. And assuming they don't continue to grow subscribers at the rate that they are and they can't access the markets, then it's going to be really tough for them to acquire and produce new content. Becoming bigger than Disney. Do you think they're going to be able to do it? You know, that's a really tough thing to say right now. Ultimately, you know, if I had, if you put a gun to my head, I would have to say probably no, um, simply because Walt Disney's been around for over 100 or almost 100 years. Um, you know, they have a theme park business. They have this enormous cable division. There's this enormous movie studio that has beloved brands like, like Pixar, Star Wars, and Marvel, Disney Animation, just to name a few. So... I don't think, you know, in the next five to ten years, you know, they're going to surpass Disney. I think Disney is just too big and too massive at this point to really ever, you know, for Netflix to, to, to really get, you know, surpass them. So changing topics, I have an iPhone 6, and I wasn't going to buy the hype of the iPhone 6S, but ultimately the reviews from the outside look pretty good. <clears throat> I'm not sure I need the upgrade, but I kind of want the upgrades. Maybe Apple somehow got me suckered in. Should I go out and buy one this weekend? I was at the event uh, earlier in September in San Francisco. You yep. know, I got a chance to play with it for, you know, 15, 20 minutes. I have the 5S. I'm definitely going to upgrade. You know, I, so I really haven't had a chance too much to play with the 6, you know, outside of, you know, seeing what some friends have. But if sure. you if if you really like, you know, what what you've seen and what, what they've talked about with 3D Touch, which I think is going to be incredibly transformative, and I don't think people really appreciate just how big it's going to be, then absolutely, yeah. I mean, you have 3D Touch, you have live photos, which is basically like taking a look at Harry Potter and bringing that to real life. And then, you know, they made improvement, big, big improvements on the camera, and let's face it, there are a trillion photos happening every year, and most of that's because of smartphones. So any improvements to a camera is going to be well-received. So, yeah, I mean, I, I would say, you know, probably going out and getting the new 6S or 6S Plus 
is probably something that's worth the investment. Okay. Now, you said something about the, the live pictures like Harry Potter. What's that mean? So what that entails is Apple's introduced something called live photos. So let's say you okay. take a photo of a bridge with some cars or uh, running water like Niagara Falls or something like that. So live photos will actually capture the second and a half before the photo and a second and a half after so that when you press on the photo itself, you can actually see the water rippling or the car is moving. So that's really something that's pretty cool. The only drawback to that is those photos take up a lot more space than traditional photos. So there might be some problems down the line, you know, with some storage. But I think that's something that's, that's really going to appeal, especially to families with young kids and things like that. How do you feel about that, the controversy tied towards Apple and the way they have a 16-gig storage phone that, quite honestly, is, it's, it's just not enough at this point in time for most of their users? I think at the end of the day, Apple realizes that, okay, they need something that's small enough to get people hooked into the ecosystem and cheap enough, but they're not really pushing the 16 gig. They want people to buy the 64 and the 128 gig because those have higher margins and cost more. I think at the end of the day, it's a business decision, and it's unfortunate that um, you know, that they don't have removable or an add-on storage like some of what you see with some Android phones, but that's Apple's business model, and, you know, I think that's the way Tim Cook wants to run the company, and he thinks about it, you know, in the long run for shareholders and his employees, and I think that's the way they've just chosen to do with it, and unfortunately, it's, it's, it's not the best thing for consumers, but if you like Apple devices, you're probably always going to pay a premium and that's just, you know, that's just the way it is, I say. Yeah, just it, it, it's kind of controversial for some reason. And again, uh, I try to warn friends like, hey, don't get the 16 gig, don't get the cheap one, because you'll regret it. And sure enough, they come back to me and I was right. Uh, any last comments, any last things you're seeing in the world of tech that we should be aware of? Yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see how the reception is towards the 6S and 6 Plus uh, this weekend. It goes on sale tomorrow, and I'm sure we'll get you know, first weekend sales uh, from Apple on Monday morning. You know, I've seen, you know, on Apple's U.S. website as well as their Chinese website that all of the models are sold out already and pushed back two to three and in some cases three to four weeks. So it'll be interesting to see what the actual number it is, what, how much of an impact China had. And, you know, even though lines aren't as big a thing as they are in the past, it'll be, still be interesting to see how many people actually line up at Apple stores on, uh, you know, over the next couple hours into tomorrow um, as, the, as the new iPhones come out. Thanks very much. It's Chris Siaccia. You can find him at thestreet.com. Tech editor. I always like his content. I'm a tech enthusiast. We live in the Bay Area, and uh, tech investments are certainly looking pretty smart over time. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Boys trip me up with their heads again, loving them. Everything's cool when we're all in line for the throne. But I know it's not forever. Yeah. I don't know why, I don't know why. I return to the scenes of these crimes. Where the hedgerows slowly wind through the ghosts of
You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Um, biotech stocks have been hit pretty hard this week. There was a tweet that Hillary Clinton sent out tied towards, well, first and foremost, there was a CEO of a company of Turing Pharmaceuticals. She got, he got called out by Hillary Clinton and subsequently Donald Trump as well. That basically, he changed the pricing on his drug from $13.50 a pill to $750. Um, it was even higher at one point. And ultimately, he had to retract a lot of that. And the tweet that was sent out was, price gouging like this in the specialty drug market is outrageous. Tomorrow, I'll lay out a plan to take it on. Hillary Clinton. Uh, politicians could make easy, easy, get easy love and support for things along those lines. Um, and rightfully so. It, it's like, if hey, if you've got a compromised immune system and you need a drug, you think you want, you need, right? So the biotech stocks all took a hit because... Um, some medications that are sold by Biogen, Gilead, Amgen, Regeneron, Vertex Pharmaceuticals seem outrageously priced. Then again, they save your life, sometimes for fifty to $150,000. That's worth something, right? So biotech sector's trend of outperformance is still intact this year. You're talking about a sector that's up 18% year-to-date, even after getting whacked this week. There's two ways to play it, in my opinion. Well, there's three ways. You could go after individual stocks, but that's very difficult because then you're investing in the technology, the science of the people, and I don't know how you do that. Um, I want to cure cancer. I want to cure baldness. I want to cure, you know, babies who cry. Everyone wants to cure those things, so then you have to figure out what scientist is better than the other one. And that's where it gets tough. And then they go into phase one clinical studies, and then they go into phase two then go into phase three, then do they get approved or not? Do they know how to present data or not? Because those three studies that you have to do, you need to accurately accurately get it approved. Um, And a lot of times, the Food and Drug Administration will send you back to the drawing board and say, you know, uh, you didn't include any African-Americans in your study, or you didn't include people under the age of 25. You didn't include people who take aspirin. So that's that story. And you could own the individual stocks, like I said, or you can own indexes. There's the iShares NASDAQ Biotech ETF, IBB, IBB. And there's the Spider S&P Biotech Exchange Traded Fund, XBI, XBI. And I think they're both appropriate for long-term patient investors who want to put maybe 3 to 5% of their assets into an area that's very, very volatile. Okay. Okay, let's move on. Sprint announced something kind of fun today. In an effort to beat T-Mobile in the phone pricing war, Sprint's going to offer the iPhone 6S with 16 gigabytes for $1 per month. The iPhone 6S Plus will be available for $5 per month. The iPhone 6S 64 gig, now we're talking, $577 a month. And the 128 gig model will be $1053 each month with a trade-in. For the 6 Plus models, the pricing is $977 per month. For the 64 gig, it's $1453 per month. 
for the 128 gig. So it sounds all reasonable, but you also have to get in that, that plan and get locked into it. The offer from Sprint is part of what's called the Forever program, the iPhone Forever. And it gives you the opportunity to upgrade your phones to the newest model when they're available. Uh, not a bad way of going about it. If, you ha- if you're a must-have kind of person, uh, you know, Sprint, the network, ooh, like don't move when you're talking on the phone because you may lose your signal. But is it a deal? Yeah, it's a deal. If you're the guy and a person that needs a new phone every year. Um, 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. I'm tired of the Volkswagen story, but they're going to dismiss their R&D chiefs from Audi and Porsche. And it's top manager in the United States. Their CEO has already gone down. They're going to try to get a new CEO in immediately. Dealers obviously are feeling frustrated because it's a scandal and it could ruin their dealership. I mean, there's no doubt about that. Angry customers are demanding local dealers buy their cars back or offer compensation. Um, How do you fix something that is that polluting? I don't know if it's fixable. So BMW stock, it took a hit because, oddly enough, when you drive their cars on the roads versus doing the emissions test, it's about 11 times the amount of nitrogen oxides acceptable in Europe. BMW's did not. So this is just a news report that I I, I don't know, you know. Um, but the whole sector is getting hit. And what's kind of interesting is Ford is a stock I like at these levels. Um, more as a trade than an investment. Um, and a trade could take you up to 18 months. So don't do it thinking you're going to be like some sort of genius. But I imagine Ford General Motors should benefit. Maybe Nissan as well. Um, all the auto stocks are getting hit. Almost all of them are, are polluters, great polluters and great exaggerators. I'd imagine they do well. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Other stories of note out there today. Um, hmm. Hmm. Durable good orders jumped, uh, no, dropped 2% for the month of August. That's a sad note. It's not happy. Um, the underlying demand for manufactured goods has been weaker this year, as a strong dollar in Chinese economic slowdown has dragged down demand for American exports. And big declines in oil prices have resulted in cutbacks in, by energy companies. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. All the calamity in the world, the good news is mortgage rates go lower. Good time to refi if you've not done a refi in a few years. Uh, at least look at the rates. Contact my friend Tony at bayarealonesource.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.